Today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is sponsored by Spotify Greenroom, which is the live audio-only sports talk platform for sports fans. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time by downloading the Spotify Greenroom app for free wherever you get your apps. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, July 14th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey. Be sure to give it a follow for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then be sure to go and subscribe to the podcast. Go leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, etc., and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, if you're on Twitter, then please go follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page. That can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. It's now been well over 24 hours since the Duncan Keith trade became official. Chicago no longer runs on Duncan. Uh, And I don't know about all of you, but it it still kind of feels a little bit surreal to me. I've definitely had my share of sad moments where I'm like, driving, listening to music, and it's hit me a little bit, but I still don't feel like I've fully grasped that he's really gone and won't be on the ice in a Blackhawks sweater for opening night in just a couple of months. Maybe it's because of the way things ended, uh, the Blackhawks, you know, getting a really good return and not having to retain any of his cap hit, and also um, Keith getting what he wanted as well and being closer to his son and his family. I don't know, but um, for whatever reason, it still really hasn't sunk in for me yet. It's just kind of a weird feeling in my stomach knowing he's still playing in the NHL, but not for our Chicago Blackhawks. But now that the Hawks are without arguably their greatest defenseman in franchise history, that's a debate though I really don't want to get into because uh, I missed out on the Chris Chelios era. I didn't get to see him play. And then there's also Pierre Pelote, who was a Stanley Cup winner and a three-time Norris Trophy winner himself as well. So not getting to see those players myself, I feel like I don't really have a say in that matter. But without a doubt, Keith Keith is up there with the likes of those two Blackhawks greats. But now that Keith is gone, I'm sure a lot of people out there are asking, well, what's next for the Chicago Blackhawks, particularly on the back end going forward? Well, I know the talk of the summer involving the Hawks for the most part has been about trying to find that future number one defenseman. That was even the conversation before Keith had been traded. But now that he's gone, as well as his entire $5.5 million cap hit, the Hawks have a ton of freedom financially to try and make a splash this summer, either for Seth Jones of the Columbus Blue Jackets or Dougie Hamilton, who is set to become an unrestricted free agent from the Carolina Hurricanes in just a couple of weeks. And just last night, actually, we got an update from TSN's Elliot Friedman. He reported in his 31 Thoughts podcast that... A potential trade involving the Blackhawks and the Blue Jackets for Seth Jones, Friedman suspects that deal would have to start with Kirby Doc, and then 
involve a combination of Ian Mitchell, a draft pick, and then either Alex DeBrinkett or Adam Boquist. That is absolutely absurd. Listen, I'm all aboard the Seth Jones train here, but if Columbus actually thinks we're going to part ways with either of Kirby Docker, Alex Dabrinkit, that's just not going to happen. I get starting the conversation there, but uh, I don't think that conversation would last for very long. The Blackhawks have even said this summer that those two are the guys who are essentially untouchable. So if that's the legit asking price for Seth Jones right now to get out of Columbus before hitting the open market next summer, that's a hard pass from me, man. No way I'm going to part ways with one of Debrinket or Doc right now, and it just really doesn't make sense for the Blackhawks to be adding by subtracting at this stage of their rebuild, especially considering there's a guy who I just mentioned, Dougie Hamilton, who will be hitting the free agent market here shortly, and while I do have my concerns about Dougie as a legit number one defenseman on a Stanley Cup winning team, as well as his age at the back half of that contract and the amount of money he's going to get, I, I still would rather go out and get him without having to give up any, any assets than just throw the bag to Columbus to get Seth Jones. Um, in my opinion, in order to get Jones, I think a deal from Chicago's perspective it would have to be center, centered around Lucas Reichel, Adam Boquist. I, if, it's, if we're talking Seth Jones here, I'm okay with getting rid of Adam Boquist. And then probably one of either Ian Mitchell, Philip Kershev, and Pia Suter, as well as a draft pick. That's where I think the Blackhawks should be considering to make a move for Jones. I just don't see how swapping Doc or Debrinkit, you know, two guys that are essentially staples of the future core here for the Blackhawks, I don't see how swapping one of those two guys for Seth Jones helps this team in the long run, especially because um, looking at the forward prospects, that's where the Hawks are, are really hurting a little bit. In terms of legit high upside, it's really only Alex DeBrinkett, who's already at that level. Same with Dominic Kubalik. And then there's Kirby Doc and Lucas Reichel. They're really the only two younger guys with that first line potential, in my opinion. Yeah, Kurashev's great. Brandon Hagel's shown a lot of flashes. Pia Suter looked really good. Who knows what's going to happen with Henrik Borgstrom. But in terms of legit first line upside, I think those are really the guys that we got in that forward group. So um, to have to give up on one of those few we already do have, I just don't like that idea at all, even for a future number one defenseman like Seth Jones. And uh, based on the reactions that I've seen so far from most people on Twitter, I'm not alone on that thought. All right, that takes care of the latest updates from Elliot Friedman regarding the Blackhawks and Blue Jackets defenseman Seth Jones. Coming up in just a minute, it's time for another 2021 NHL draft profile here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. But first... I need to talk to you quickly about Spotify Greenroom, which is the live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and free to use. With Spotify Greenroom, you can start or join ongoing conversations, you can watch games together, and you can also react to the biggest news, rumors, and trades with other people. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app for free in the iOS App Store or wherever you get your apps, then... Create a profile and link your Twitter to join a group and you'll be able to share your spiciest takes with the rest of the world. 
So be sure to check out Spotify Greenroom for free to be a part of the best audio-only social media platform for sports fans. I also need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like raspberry, salted caramel, coconut, double chocolate, and they also have a couple of new flavors right now like strawberry and grasshopper cookie, which is really good if you're a mint lover. And they also have cookies and cream, cherry barcia, and many more flavors, all of which are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they are also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKED15, capital L in LOCKED, then the number 15, to get 15% off your next order. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option and use our exclusive promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. I just got done talking about Elliot Friedman suspecting that a deal between the Blackhawks and Blue Jackets for Seth Jones would have to involve either Kirby Doc or Alex DeBrinket. Moving on now, it's time to get into forward Kent Johnson's 2021 NHL draft profile. And like the last two guys I've broken down here on the podcast, Mason McTavish and Jesper Walstead, Kent Johnson from the University of Michigan could also very well not be available by the time the Blackhawks are on the clock at number 11. Johnson has been projected by most scouts and draft sites to go somewhere in the back half of the top 10. Bob McKenzie has Johnson ranked at number 8, while Craig Button actually has him at number 13. But for the most part, Johnson is somewhere in that 6 or 7 to 10 range by most scouts and draft sites. However, If those guys that I just mentioned a moment ago, Wallstead and McTavish, if both of them do wind up going in the top 10, then there could be a chance a guy like Kent Johnson falls into the Blackhawks' lap at number 11. Not likely, but not impossible by any means, especially in such a toss-up year in this first round. But taking a look at Johnson, he's a 6'1", 165-pound center that was part of a deadly freshman trio at Michigan this past season, along with Owen Power and Maddie Berniers, two guys who could go number one and number two in this year's draft. But by no means, even though Johnson's not in that same category, by no means was he a forgotten man for the Wolverines this past year. In 26 games as a freshman, Johnson recorded nine goals and 18 assists for 27 points. And not only did he display his high-octane offensive skill set, but he also played a pretty crucial defensive role for Michigan and was a part of their penalty kill unit as well. And Johnson's strong two-way game already at 18 years of age is a big reason why he's projected to go as high as he is in the first round, especially for being a center. That's huge for NHL clubs looking his way. But offensively, this is really where the kid shines. Johnson is a really good skater for his size. He could work on his acceleration and the first couple of strides a little bit, but 
His speed, it should not be a problem by any means at the next level. And Johnson displayed his strong skating ability through the neutral zone and also on the back check for Michigan numerous times this past year. If you go and look at his highlight reels, a lot of his plays that he makes are skating through the neutral zone with speed and then uh, making something happen. And that's actually what I wanted to talk about next. Once he picks up that speed and comes flying into the offensive zone, Johnson has really impressive stick handling on top of uh, really sound vision to make things happen. And, And that stick handling and the ability to keep his puck on this keep the puck on his stick at such a such a high speed while changing angles that's really his game that's what helps throw off the defenseman he changes the angles and opens up passing lanes in order to find his teammates his creativity with the pucks on his stick is really what it's all about that's when johnson is the most dangerous he's the definition of a playmaker but don't let that fool you because he can also score not only a highlight real goal with the dangles i, I think one of the most impressive goals I saw in college hockey this season was scored by Kent Johnson. Uh, I'm sure if you go on YouTube and just Google his name, you'll be able to find it. But basically, gets uh, the puck dropped to him in the defensive zone, goes coast to coast, dances around a four-checker in the neutral zone, then skates in on the defenseman one-on-one, goes forehand-backhand around the D-man, and then backhand top shelf short side past the goaltender an absolute beauty of a goal and that's what Ken Johnson is really all about but again don't let his playmaking abilities fool you he's not a pure goal scorer but he can beat a defender with his wrist shot as well it's not the strength of his game but he can he can bury one past you if you if you take him lightly coming down coming down the slot with some speed uh, and we've seen him light it up in the goal scoring department before in the BCHL before he went on to play for Michigan last season. So overall, I mean, Johnson's offensive skill set is one of the highest I've graded in this year's draft. The only real knack on him is that he's only 165 pounds at the moment and certainly is going to have to throw on weight in order to get stronger on his skates and be able to grind and handle the intensity of the next level, especially being a 200-foot center with strong defensive ability. If teams, you know, are drafting him to be that type of player for them in the future, he's going to have to be heavier than 165 pounds being six foot one. But again, only 18 years old, and he's probably going to play at least one more year, maybe even two at the University of Michigan. So that really shouldn't be an issue for him. And and if that's the only weak spot in his game right now, um, I don't see why Johnson shouldn't go in the top 10 of this year's draft. He's got all the tools. He's got the speed, the stick handling and the vision, some decent size. And he also plays a 200 foot game at the center position. I don't see how a team inside the top 10 can pass on him, but Hey, if that winds up happening, the Blackhawks, I think would gladly at a center with the incredible upside like Johnson has at number 11 in the draft next week. All right, that will take care of Kent Johnson's 2021 NHL draft profile. Coming up in just a minute, I still got to get into defenseman Wyatt Kalanuck's 2021 season recap. But first, I need to talk quickly about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and be sure to use our promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Major League Baseball is about to take over for the summer, 
The NBA Finals are wrapping up. It's a 2-1 series now with Milwaukee coming away with a huge win in Game 3. UFC is in full swing all year round. And for all the sports you want to watch, you can get the latest news, odds, and info with Bet Online. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head on over to the website, or you can also use your mobile device to sign up today. And be sure to use our exclusive promo code LOCKEDON, that's one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I just wrapped up taking a deeper look at Michigan forward Kent Johnson's 2021 NHL draft profile. Now, before I let you all go to enjoy the rest of your days, I still have to get into 24-year-old defenseman Wyatt Kalanuck's 2021 season recap. After not signing with his draft team, the Philadelphia Flyers, last summer, Former 7th round pick Wyatt Kalanuck hit the open market and was signed on by the Blackhawks after apparently being told he could get a chance to crack the NHL roster at some point in the season. Now, it wound up taking a little bit longer than Kalanuck probably expected. He was on the taxi squad for what seemed like forever and got a lot of games down in Rockford and was looking pretty solid there. But by the end of the year, he did eventually become a staple on the Blackhawks' blue line after injuries just seemed to happen game in and game out. D-men were dropping like flies in Chicago. But for Kalanuck, he wound up playing in 21 games for the Hawks in 2021, recording four goals and five assists for nine points, which was very impressive. And those four goals, by the way, despite playing in less than half the games this season, actually led all Blackhawks defensemen. Offensively, Kalanuck looked really good. And you could just tell that After getting his feet wet and settling in and getting some games under his belt, that confidence just kept growing and growing and growing offensively. And he really impressed me with his ability of knowing exactly when to jump up from the back end to make a play happen on offense. Obviously, I love how he scored four goals in just 21 games and led all Blackhawks defensemen, but that's the area where I was the most pleased with Kalanuck, honestly. His game recognition and his Hockey IQ, I think, are his best attributes, and it just—it wasn't just once or twice where we saw that happen. I felt like it occurred once or twice every game where Kalanuk just perfectly recognized the defense was napping in front of him and would take the open ice in order to create a great opportunity. That's exactly what the Black Blackhawks need more of out of their defensemen in the future. We've really been missing that offensive ability from the back end ever since Duncan Keith really has had that decline. Um, And Kalanuck already seems to be on that level, which is great to see. Uh, Kalanuck also recorded all nine of his points this season at even strength. And going forward, just like I said for Ian Mitchell, I think I would really like to see those two guys manning the power play from the back end on the second unit. Boquist can take the first But Kalanuck, Mitchell, Bodan, those guys got to be getting more reps on the second power play unit. Uh, And I think Kalanuck's ability to recognize the play in front of him, like I just mentioned, and also that dangerous shot that he has, 
yeah, I think he's got to be considered on the man advantage going forward, especially considering where the Blackhawks have been ranked in comparison to the rest of the NHL the last couple of years. Kalanuk, the one critique I do have on him offensively, he's another guy who's just got to get better at firing the puck on that. Only 26 shots on goal in 21 games, and four of them found the back of the net. That's a 15.4 shooting percentage. Now, I know that's not sustainable for an offensive defenseman throughout the course of an entire season, but knowing he has that ability from the back end, he's got to work on his ability of getting more shots on net through traffic and everything, just like both Adam Boquist and Ian Mitchell do as well. Taking a look at Kalanuk's average time on ice, he averaged 16 minutes and 16 seconds per game, which was higher than Riley Stillman, Nicholas Bodan, and Ian Mitchell this year. And there were actually a couple of games at the end of the season where I remember Kalanuk getting up there around the 20-minute mark. And now I'm sure, you know, injuries had something to do with that, but as I talked about a moment ago, that confidence of his, it just kept growing and growing but with more games going under his belt. And by the end of the year, he was really trusted by this coaching staff to be out there playing top four minutes. Um, and while the Blackhawks, they didn't have many options because guys were dropping like flies. Uh, I think they were comfortable with having Kalanuk out there because of his really sound offensive abilities. Now, defensively, <laughs> that's that's where he still does need a little bit of work because. In his 21 games played, Kalanuk had 17 giveaways, which, you know, being a rookie puck-moving defenseman, it's certainly not a great number, but also something to keep in mind. It was his first year in the NHL and played a lot with the puck on his stick and was relied on to kind of get things going from the back end. But the area that was really hurt with Kalanuk was that he only recorded two takeaways in those 21 games. Like Ian Mitchell, that is just woefully poor, especially for averaging over 16 minutes per game. So Kalanuk may have that offense thing down, but in his own zone, like a lot of the young defensemen in Chicago at the moment, still a ways to go before being a lockdown defender of any sorts. But overall, being it was his first year in the NHL, taking everything into consideration, I think I'm going to give Wyatt Kalanuk a B-plus for his performance in 2021. I know I just kind of flamed him a little bit for his defense, um, but again, not uncommon to see that for a first-year blue liner at the highest level in the world. And on offense, I mean, Kalanuk looked really impressive and also led all Blackhawks defensemen in goals despite not suiting up until March, basically. So considering how much of a leap he took and just 21 games played. I'm super excited about Kalanuk's upside from the blue line going forward. And I think a B plus is a more than fair grade for how he performed as a rookie for the Blackhawks in 2021. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Wednesday, July 14th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, go and get more of the sports news that you need in less time with our new Lockdown Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Lockdown Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news that you need in under 20 minutes by following Lockdown Today wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, 
Thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.